Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never been arrested for securities fraud. Democratic mega-donor Sam Bankman Freed taking a perp walk in the Bahamas the night before he was set to testify on Capitol Hill. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Some say it was a move to spare Democrats the harsh testimony, but there is a much bigger picture here, and we're going to frame it up nice with Bill Hemmer, co-host of America's Newsroom, a show I appear on every Monday, and Senator-elect Mark Wayne Mullen here from the great state of Oklahoma, a state I barely made it out of alive after doing stand-up comedy there this past weekend. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. I, uh, I disagree, but the most important thing to declare in this moment is that I am back in New York, safe and sound with you. Reachable at 888-788-9910. You know the rules as we get underway. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... That is all. Uh, if you watched me on the Sean Hannity show last night, we had a great time. If you missed it, we posted it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. I will be appearing on the Ingram Angle tonight with Laura Ingram. Uh, she can't wait to have me. What a fraud. Whatever. Well, I'm excited to be there. And uh, we will, of course, be back on Hannity this Thursday night. I'll be appearing on the Faulkner Focus as well. And everybody knows Harris is my biggest fan. That is offensive, and it is not true. All right. I'm being stupid. Uh, the weekend concludes with me out in Summit City. Uh, we'll be at the Summit City Comedy Club in Indiana. If you want to come hang out with me, there's even rumors of a Jenny Fala sighting, which i got to be honest with you, a woman who's married with a kid, they don't get out a lot. So when they do, it's like an Amish, Amish rum springer. They go nuts. <laughs> it's a wild time. So if Jenny Fala shows up, you better bring your togas and your funnels and get ready to party uh, because she is going hard on the road. Uh, that I can assure you. Now, really quickly, before we get underway, one of the things we're going to pass on the road on the way out to Indiana this week, it's kind of a staple in the Fala family, is right at the tippy top of Route 71, right uh, near the merge of Route 76 and Route 71 in Ashland, Ohio. There is a legendary place called Grandpa's Cheese Barn that has become a staple uh, in the Fala family. During our trips west to Ohio to see Jenny's parents from time to time, we'll see a sign for the cheese barn, and Lincoln will blurt out like, Dad, can we get gout? <laughs> Can we pull over and get a, a type 1 or a type 2 diabetes? And believe me, I'm not disparaging the place. They sell some of the richest products you could ever hope to consume. And as a person whose entire happiness is predicated on the food in his body, uh, I can give no higher endorsement for roadside family-run food establishments than the one I would give uh, for Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Sadly, uh, the founder, the proprietor of Grandpa's Cheese Barn, the actual grandpa, Paul Baum, it was brought to my attention, passed away recently at the age of 92. I do not know this man 
uh, but I do know he had a beautiful family that was always working the registers and happy to assist anybody who came into the barn. And uh, being as it was such a significant part of our journeys back and forth to Ohio and would continue to be one, uh, I wanted to give them a shout out off the top of the show because this is a guy who did it right. It's a great American story, and that's what we're always trying to highlight on this show is people that are making a positive impact to the community, serving as not only force multipliers of excellence and you know positive vibes, but in my case, force multipliers of my waist size, if we're being honest. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. That's neither here nor there. The point is, Paul Baum, this bud's for you. So Sam Bankman-Fried, he was honored uh, with a special set of handcuffs down in the Bahamas last night, uh, arrested the night before he was supposed to testify on Capitol Hill. That's not right. Now, a lot of people feel that way. And I got to be honest, man, to give you a 20,000-foot view of what I think is going on here, first and foremost, it's always a good day when a dirtbag winds up in police custody. And make no mistake about it, this guy was a dirtbag. Okay, I say this all the time. Whenever I'm brought onto the TV, as I just was about an hour ago with Stuart Varney to discuss this this story, you know, basic investment tips 101. Okay, I don't have a background in playing stocks or bonds or yield dividends. If you know anything about me, you know that I spent my 20s investing in blackjack and fast women. Hubba hubba. Okay, but the point is, even I know as a very novice investor. You're never supposed to invest your life savings in a guy who shows up to the meeting in shorts and a stained T-shirt. Okay, this is a sign of disrespect for the circumstances. This is a sign of an unkempt lifestyle that, oh, I don't know, if he's taking the eye off the ball on personal hygiene, you know, he might just take his eye off the ball when it comes to managing your money. I think he's got a point. And in this instance, he wasn't managing your money. He was spending it. Okay, he donated investor money, according to the charges, $40 million of it to the Democratic Party. Dun, dun, dun. And all the special social justice causes that came with it. And this is the rub here. He didn't expect to go down. I'm going to play you a clip of him on a podcast last night, shortly before the arrest, speaking like a man who was, yes, scheduled to testify on Capitol Hill today, but had no plans of coming. He flat out said he was going to do it over Zoom because the paparazzi, he's got a lot going on right now. Bottom line is, okay, there's been a lot of comparisons between Sam Bankman-Fried and Bernie Madoff, but the truth is he saw himself as Bernie Paidoff in that he donated to all of the right social justice causes. Here's for the environment. Here's for inclusion. Here's for your reelection campaign in the Democratic House and the Democratic Senate. He thought he had bought enough protection from the refs that this day wasn't coming. Here he is basically saying so himself. Yeah, I'll testify on Zoom. It's the best I can do. You don't say that to Congress unless you know they're not really truly going to come for you. Here it is, clip one. I'm uh, quite overbooked and was not planning uh, to be testifying until like very recently. But from a security standpoint, I, I feel like um, I, I sort of respect as much as I could for something like this, where people are coming from on this. Um, it's very difficult for me to move right now and travel because just like the paparazzi effect is quite large. I'm not sure. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Yeah, I'm not going. It's difficult. The paparazzi, there's going to be a lot of, you know, it's going to be a lot of photos. 
Okay, was he concerned about the paparazzi when he was honored by the New York Times three weeks ago? The answer would be no. Don't ever forget, they brought him in, the New York Times, to a speaker symposium, one that Ben Affleck appeared at, too. And he got applause lines. He got laughs from the crowd. Um, You know, I'm on a little bit of a cold streak lately. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. We love this guy. He donated to all the same causes as us. He stole everybody's life savings. But he's making fun of the... That was embarrassing. It was awful. And I said it then, and I'll say it now. The reason there was this indifference to the damage he did was because, one, he donated to everybody's re-election campaign in the Democratic Party. Two, he had aligned himself with all of the social justice causes they preferred. But three, if they held his feet to the fire for not being a faithful steward of people's life savings... By default, they'd call a lot of attention to themselves for not properly vetting the guy before they propped him up. Oh, wow. Now, I want you to understand this. FTX, the crypto scam, and it was a scam that he was running. Okay, FTX collapsed. It lost nearly $36 billion in people's retirement funds. Weeks before the New York Times brought him in to speak. Do you understand? They were trying to help him conduct an exercise in image rehabilitation because they wanted to rehabilitate their image in the process. If everybody repurposes this guy as some type of well-intended, you know, social justice, you know, when he was calling himself a billionaire, philanthropist, do-gooder, if they got people to buy into the idea that he was just like a hard luck guy trying to help the world, then they wouldn't look nearly as nefarious and being as compliant with him as they were. But the bottom line is you're not hearing a word right now out of every other dirtbag who took this guy's money. Tom Brady took mountains of this guy's money to film videos saying, I'm hanging out with my boy SBF, we're in the Bahamas. Giselle Bunchton also took mountains of this guy's money. He also had Bill Clinton to a symposium in the Bahamas. We don't know how much money he got because Clinton asked for the money in singles. I believe that together we can make America great again. So there's this theory out there that the Democrats, oh, thank God he got arrested last night. He was going to testify today on Capitol Hill. Now, the truth is, if you know anything about what goes on in those testimonies, Oftentimes, the guys just say, I do not recall speaking legalese to the best of my recollection. Uh, I don't have any memory. Fauci, if you remember, over 148 times told Congress two weeks ago, I don't remember. Yeah, no, it's weird you bring it up. I don't remember. No, I didn't remember. I was thinking about it, but I don't remember. That's the thing. I just I'm not sure I don't remember. Okay, Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Okay, a lot of people felt that way. But the truth is, you know, a lot of people want to prosecute Fauci for what he did. But right now, let's stay focused because the prosecution's coming at Sam Bankman-Fried really hard. He could have very well gotten in front of Congress the way he was speaking yesterday and say, yeah, I ran into some bad luck. I made a mistake. And then, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whenever they came at him with the type of question that would subject him to more legal uh, peril. But there's another prevailing train of thought that says the Democrats still didn't want him to testify, if only because the Republicans would have him on record talking about the various sums of money he had given to the Democratic Party. Any way you slice it, him testifying on Capitol Hill today was a really big loss for the Democratic Party. 
But then there's this other train of thought that we have to think about as well, which is his arrest is still a really bad spot for the Democratic Party. Why? Because Sam Bankman-Fried is useless. He went bankrupt. The Democrats don't care about him anymore. They're completely transactional. Forget the social justice causes. Forget all the celebrity get-togethers in the Bahamas. That's gone. They don't need him. They don't need his money. But what they do need is a carefully curated message sent to the next criminal mega donor that they're going to want to get money from. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Everything from this moment forward, whether he gets a sweet plea deal six months down the road, does no jail time, you know, or is ordered not to give back the money or dismissed or, you know, heaven forbid he gets so depressed, he just kills himself in the prison cell. You know, that stuff does happen from time to time. If you upset enough powerful people, if you lose enough money, if there's enough other folks uh, whose well-being is hanging in the balance, it is common for someone to get so upset they just go and harm themselves. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Now, I'm not saying it's going to come to that. Okay, but the point is the path forward. The path forward from here is very much not about SPF. It's about what other dirtbag wants to avoid proper scrutiny so he can donate big money to the Democratic Party and carry influence and curry favor and have all kinds of wild sex parties in the Bahamas like the ones this guy was bankrolling. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. Okay, you understand, politicians, okay, they really have a four-word vocabulary, especially in the Democratic Party, and that vocabulary again and again and again. Please give us money. Okay, they very rarely ask where the money's coming from. They just... Please give us money. That's all they ever care about, okay? Celebrities... Like all these crypto con men like the Matt Damons of the world and, you know, the Tom Brady's and the Larry. De Please give us money. Did anyone, anyone at all ask where the money was coming from? The answer would be no. So on some small scale, they're just as complicit as he is because they were willing to get out there and tell people to invest their life savings in this dirtbag. OK, but you won't hear a lot of questions about them. And to be honest with you, they're going to do everything they can to make this story go away as quickly as humanly possible, because while they don't need Sam Bankman freed, they definitely need the next dirtbag so they can look the other way and pocket even more corrupt cash. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the 
the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bill Hammer coming up in the next break. We're going to chat with Oklahoma Senator-elect Mark Wayne Mullen. Abby Hornacek going to be here as well. But I give you some sound in this moment from Mike Davis. He was on Fox News at night. He is, of course, the president of the Article 3 Project. Talking about oversight and Sam Bankman-Fried, he sums it up pretty well. Here it is, clip four. Well, it's amazing what $40 million to Democrats by Sam Bankman-Fried can buy because he didn't even have a subpoena to testify tomorrow, and he was going to be able to testify testify remotely from the Bahamas. I was the Senate staff leader for 30 hearings and 40 other Senate Judiciary Committee meetings, and I've never seen anything like this. And you have to question, why is the Biden Justice Department, why are they filing charges and seeking this extradition before he had the opportunity to testify tomorrow? Why wouldn't they want him to testify and hear more from directly from his mouth on his intent? Mm. What in God's name is he doing? I got to be honest, man. The timing on this is terrible. It's not good. Uh, in terms of optics, but they might have it in their head that this is the more controllable scenario. You arrest the guy, you make some kind of deal, you throw him in prison. Point being, you don't have him on Capitol Hill talking about what he did with the Democratic Party. But there's a counter argument to that, which is that if something is detrimental to the Democratic Party, they don't report it on the news anymore. Okay, all of these Twitter files that have come out, you understand are wildly incriminating in terms of the decision to ban Donald Trump, the decision to ban the Hunter Biden laptop story, all of which was politically motivated, which means at the very least, whether the Democrats themselves, although there's plenty of emails to say they were heavily involved with Twitter and telling them what to get rid of, regardless of whether it was done by the Democrats or it was done for the Democrats, the fact remains we have a Democratic president in office that wouldn't be there. Okay, if it were not for the censorship efforts of the media and big tech. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. Because you understand, even now, after the election, every news service came out, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CBS, and said, oh, by the way, you know that story we told you you couldn't discuss prior to the election, the Hunter Biden laptop, we said it was Russian disinformation. Well, it turns out it's real. It's all true. But if the media cared, if they weren't just running interference for Democrats, that isn't the logical follow-up to it's true, then, hey, we need to investigate the Bidens and get to the bottom of every single thing that happens to be in the laptop? I mean, really think about that. If CBS comes out as they did and say, yeah, it's true, if the Washington Post comes out and says it's true, if the New York Times comes out and says it's true, the logical follow-up then becomes, well, then what of all these business deals? You're saying they're true. Are you the big man, Joe? But they're not showing any interest whatsoever in, oh, I don't know, investigating them, pursuing them a little further. Because what they were trying to accomplish by finally admitting it was true was distancing themselves from the cover-up. 
Okay, they know the Republicans control the House. They know Elon Musk was going to dump all of these emails. And they know there's going to be a world where it's accepted practice to acknowledge the Hunter Biden laptop is true. But they're not taking it a step further and saying, what now? Well, what becomes of this potentially corrupt president that was selling influence in our government? Nobody's asking that question because they're not interested in real journalism. They're interested in protecting the Democratic agenda in Washington, D.C. It is a fact. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The update on this FTX story, their current CEO testifying on the Hill right now. The former CEO and his parents just arrived at a Bahamas court. Uh, and he is uh, we're expecting a press conference. Hey, hey, hey. At one o'clock Eastern Standard Time out of the Southern District of New York. But now's no time for SBF because joining us now in studio the co-host of America's Newsroom, the host of the Hammer Time podcast, and he joins us to answer the question on every American's mind, which is, will the Bengals beat the Buccaneers in Tampa wow, this weekend? Wow, great question. Bill Shane. Hammer coming in well, hot. I'll tell you what, man, it's like seeing Santa Claus here. Isn't it, Look though? Look at you. What's yeah. going on here? Oh. There's presents. Everybody yeah. gets a little something. I was uh, 22 seconds late. Now you're fine, Hammer. We do yeah. long intros. What you missed, though, oh. is we had lined up a Johnny Mathis intro for you no. with the well, Percy Faith Orchestra. Let's start over. We, we should. <laughs> he wants the calls a reset, he says. We'll get it in post, Hammer. We'll get it in post. <laughs> I'll fix it in Good post. to see you. Really, yeah, you too. Really quick, before we get into your Buccaneers, you mentioned Santa Claus. Could they make yeah. a Christmas story in 2022 with the BB gun and the bullying and everything else? Ooh. I don't know that Ralphie. Uh, I think you could. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an app instead of it, a gun. It actually might be a breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah, it could change, be a break. Change you the talk culture. About, you talking about a, a toy or are you yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about the new well, movie? It was a Red Rider BB gun is what he I wanted. I think you need to do a remake of the movie and just bring it to... Our terms. Yeah, you could. You yeah, there's, there's so many things you could put into this. Right? In the modern version of Christmas Story, though, he's just yeah. staring at a phone the whole time. TikTok, no, yeah, and Instagram. Yeah. So instead and... of a bully, Ralphie gets his information stolen from China. Yeah. Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, you could do that. That would be that would be devilish, my friend. So, <laughs> can the Bengals beat the Bucks? I say yes, but I think Ooh. it'll be a really good game. Close game goes to either team. All right. Well, let me give everybody some background. Okay. Bill Hemmer, as you all know, has an unhealthy relationship with the Bengals, a team that has won five straight. Admittedly unhealthy. Uh, (laughs) Can I share something? Yeah, go ahead. My team was bad for 30 years. Yeah, I get it. And my team was never competitive in the modern digital age. Mm -hmm. So my team (laughs) and our fans – we were never exposed to the nuances of the off season. Yeah. Excuse me. No, I get you. But you know what? When you say that, though, you say that. Yeah, so now I realize I can follow my team year round. And now I'm <laughs> choking to death over here. Yeah, you finally your ship finally sails in and you're too sick to board. They're quarantining yeah. you, Hammer. Well, no, I can empathize with that because I got to tell you, as a Yankee fan who grew up in the 80s, Okay, you know, we kind of got to the orgy after the girls went home in the sense that (laughs) the Reggie era was behind us. And in the 80s, the Mattingly era from 80 to 95, they were terrible. 
Yeah. So I watched them suck my entire childhood. Yeah, that's, that's, when, when they that, won a World Series in 96, that, that was true. my first experience with prosperity. Yeah, that is so, true. So it is relatable. But you're going up against a very angry Tom Brady who apparently Precisely. he cops to leaving San Francisco without showering. Now, hold <laughs> on. I don't blame the game for that. I blame the city because no one's showering in San Francisco. <laughs> I think it's just a product of his yeah. environment. Yeah. He saw all the tents. He's like, I don't have to shower in this town. Oh, this guy's rubbing off on him out there. <laughs> right? Brady moved into a tent hey, no, after the game. No. Nobody showers in this city. <laughs> Here's my question, because you know things. Yeah. T. Higgins, superstar mm-hmm. wide receiver, listed as questionable. Has he called you up yet to tell us whether or not he's going to play? Not yet. Okay. Next. Uh, the, the Bengals, so you know, and I know you don't bet the spread. This is your team. You bet with your heart. But t- people betting the Bengals are 10-3 yeah. and three this year. They're oh, actually like, so? they're I had the, no idea. They're the best team in the NFL against the spread, but here's where it gets best interesting. Best team in the NFL. Yeah, they're as good as any other team Keep out going. there. But here's where it gets dicey. So they are favored over Tom Brady in yeah. Tampa. Now, Tom Brady hasn't been a home underdog maybe one other time in the last 15 years. Is that right? It's very noteworthy. Oh, wow, you're a gambler. Keep yeah, going. Well, that. <laughs> so this is where it gets interesting, though, and this is why I think you might have a good play here, okay? A lot of people see Tom Brady at home coming off a loss and say, well, we never get to bet Tom Brady plus the points. Right. I should probably take Brady. Oh, that's really and good. And this is back to the old adage of the house always wins. The yeah. house probably needs the Bengals a lot more than they need the Buccaneers So the spread weekend. today is three and a half, yes, right? Yes, that so half is dangerous. I, I, I agree with you yeah. because it could be a push and the house wins on yeah. that. You're exactly right. I do know a little something about this after there all, don't is. I? So I believe this. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you can, at this stage in his career, mm-hmm. Bet Joe Burrow to win, but don't bet him to lose. Okay. Don't bet against him. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal with the receivers. Mm -hmm. They've got three all pros. T. Higgins pulls a hamstring in warm-ups last weekend. Mm -hmm. He's on the bench. Mm -hmm. Tyler Boyd, second play of the game, catches an errant pass, dislocates his finger. He's on the bench. (laughs) They got Jamar Chase, who's... Mm-hmm. Pretty good in a street fight. Would oh, you yeah. agree? <laughs> I mean, mean, Madden too. Come on, right? <laughs> they, they take their punt returner uh-huh. and make him into the third receiver, mm-hmm. and they take their guy off the bench, Irwin, and make him the second receiver, and they romp. Do they ever? <sighs> so you're feeling good. You're riding high. Look at <sighs> Bill Hammer. They just they they. <laughs> they can plug holes. They got good backups. It's a resourceful team. So far. Well, well there's a one thing about them that bodes well for the playoffs is that the playoffs aren't really about numbers. Much the same as the baseball playoffs are about the ability to manufacture runs in tough games. The NFL playoffs are about finding a way. Because yeah. there's always an unexpected finding adversity. A way, finding a way and also um, having a measure of health. Yep. And they aren't, but mm-hmm. they're, they, they find a way. For sure. So Burrow last week said, <clears throat> we just got to win. Mm-hmm. And if you want me to hand the ball off 72 times a game mm-hmm. and win, yeah. I'll hand the ball You're off damn right he will. 72 times a game. <laughs> Listen, Joey likes those, to gold, win. He likes those gold chains, Hammer. Yeah. You don't get them for losing. Tell you you want to you walk around in a Mr. T starter set, yeah. you got to put up some games, Bill <laughs> yeah. Hammer. You I, put the, the reality is, though, I'm getting a little drunk on my own success over here because <laughs> I've seen all this stuff come crashing down around me, and then you'll see me moping around the joint for two weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just hope for the best on Sunday, and I hope to be in that stadium. Oh, it, Raymond James. That's a win. Can you afford to miss Burrow and Brady? Well, I got to tell if you. If you have the opportunity to see these two 
men go at it. And let, listen, I, I think the Bucks are a lot better than people think. Yeah. The problem is they gave up 35 points. Yeah, there was no. Yeah, it's funny. To a backup quarterback. Brady left San Francisco without showering. The defense left without tackling. <laughs> there were no tackling. It was a mess. Bill Hammer's in studio. I will have you know uh, we are on WHBO down in Tampa. The owner of the station visiting with us tomorrow. Oh. So, uh, here, in, here in New York? Yes, he is. Oh, he will awesome. Be, he will be in the building. So, Fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll tiptoe around some tickets. You never know where this could go. Oh. Uh, Hammer, let's talk about it. A lot of people bet their money on Sam Bankman Freed. He did not cover the spread. Yeah. Uh, it, it almost looks too convenient for me that he would be arrested last night on the eve of testimony. Yeah, keep going. Because okay. I don't know that he gets on the hill and spills the beans. You're probably going to well, get a lot of I don't recall. He was going to do a Zoom. You yeah. know that. Well, yeah, right? there's it, that. It was going to be a person. I was, I was thinking every, everyone's going to take this guy if he shows up on the Zoom with the big shaggy hair. Yeah. And they say, that, but there's your boy genius. Yeah. Really? I know. Well, I was going to ask you that. All right. So I've been doing this. I have, I have some horse sense. That's kind of mostly what I get by on. Uh-huh. And I can tell you this is a guy who spent a lot of time in the streets driving a cab. This is investing 101. Okay, you're not supposed to give your life savings to a guy who shows up to the meeting in shorts and a stained T-shirt. Yeah. There's a basic disrespect. Yeah. There's a, you know what I mean, a, lo- a lack of personal oversight that makes me wonder if he is going to be a trustworthy steward of your money. And would you have invested, would you have given your money to somebody who looked like that? N- not, not a chance. If other people around him were influencing me, I, I, I may be a sucker and mm-hmm. concede to that. Uh-huh. However, I saw a video today that I saw for the first time, and I guess it was over the summer. Mm-hmm. He was in Washington, D.C. He was crossing the street. It was stepping up onto a curb. Jimmy, the man looked homeless. Yes. Exactly. No, I, yeah. know. I mean, I know. big hair, shirt hanging out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a... a, a you know, kind of a misfit. Listen, you know it's bad when Fetterman's telling him to step up his fashion game. <laughs> <laughs> He's but, like, Come um, on, man. But, um, but, but I agree with you. Yeah, so they filed this criminal complaint on Friday night. Nobody knows about it. Mm-hmm. Apparently it, 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 it was sealed. Yep. And we were supposed to have a big hearing today mm-hmm. and another one tomorrow. Yep. For a guy who gave $40 million in the most recent election. Big dough. And I think that was mostly Democrats, if not all. Yeah. Now, he's conceded that he's given to Republicans, too, but I don't know what the dollar amount is. It ain't 40 it, mil. Is it 39 or is it one? Uh, my guess is it's a lot closer to one. So, you know, yeah. I mean, you had a chance to, mm-hmm. to have a lot of people mm-hmm. laid out publicly yep. and embarrassed. There's that. And, uh, and it's worth noting that he wasn't going to testify under subpoena. He was invited. This was a friendly if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, so he was getting, to some extent, a level of preferential treatment that I guess uh, he thought would continue. Well, what, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, Dane and I come up with these theories every day, and it's, yeah. it's just speculation. Yeah, of course. We don't go to air with them, but yeah. among ourselves, we go, well, what about this and what about that? What, mm-hmm. I, what do you think? Well, I definitely— Because, by the way, we had three people right before we started the show today, and each one of us had a different theory. Oh, that's interesting. One was the reporter covering the story. One was Dana. One was me. We okay. all, we're all coming from different angles. Well, I definitely think he had bought himself some security. I, think, I thought he had insulated himself from this type of thing because his actions yesterday, his words, were not the words of a guy who thought he was up against it. You know, I'm busy right now. The paparazzi's mm-hmm. coming. Um, I have time to do this podcast, but I can't show up to Capitol Hill. The best I can do is a Zoom. To me, speaks to a guy who thought he had worked the ref successfully enough that he was going to be martyred. You know, when the New York Times circled the wagons around him a few weeks back 
and tried to rehabilitate his image as this well-intended do-gooder who ran into some hard luck. I saw that as an effort to rehabilitate their own image and that all of these people are guilty to some extent in not properly vetting this guy. Every celebrity that threw their weight behind him, as you said earlier, you wouldn't give your life savings to the guy in shorts and a stained Mm T-shirt. But if Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchton are on video in the Bahamas going with our man SBF, (laughs) then you hear the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm music come on. As the market's crashing, you start to wonder. And I I do feel now my hypothesis, full form with all of those things baked into this cake, is that on some level, okay, this is a very inconvenient truth for the Democratic Party. He's their biggest donor. He did a lot of nefarious things. Second biggest, I do believe. Yeah, the Soros is yeah. in the lead. I believe Soros yeah, had him by a couple of bucks. Um, but again, you never know what the crypto market's going to do. He could be number one. <laughs> it's either worth $3 trillion or negative 40 bucks. <laughs> but I do feel like it almost, it's weird, but it reminds me of a financial equivalent of the Epstein situation where there's enough high-profile people involved that they're very good at making it go away. That's what I mean. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen Chinatown with Jack yeah. Nicholson? Yeah. At the end of the movie, Nicholson basically has everybody dead the rights, but they're like, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah. Like, these people know how to do this. That's right. Uh, my <laughs> prediction is uh, plea deal. Uh, they attempt to continue to martyr him for his benevolence, for all the ESGs and everything in between. And, of course, this all gets, I think, sealed, as the arrest did. Uh, in a way that won't be damaging to the Democrats. I think wow. they're pretty good at protecting so themselves. So you've thought it out pretty um, pretty long down the line there. Mm-hmm. And you, you may be right. Uh, let's see. What was the line in Chinatown? Who controls the water? Or what was that line? Oh, 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 oh God, you got that? me. I always just Who come... controls the water? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Does, is the water going to be here? Or <laughs> what was that? Southern California, right? Yeah, water rights were everything, especially when they were expanding the way they were in the 50s. Yep. Is that movie the 50s? But I just keep thinking because it ends with him going, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Uh, that's Chinatown, right. My, my guess <laughs> is this uh his defense is going to be you're smart you're rich you're connected and you're connected to people who are rich mm-hmm. and smart so we all knew it was a risk yep. as did you mm-hmm. and your friends mm-hmm. and this unfortunately was a risk that went the other way yeah and i'm really sorry about it i feel awful i lost my butt too um and i i thought that was going to be his defense yep well, here it is. Just so you so so the statement that he was putting out. Okay, him and his parents went to the Bahamas courtroom a little while ago, and uh, the transcript of his potential testimony, the opening statement. He was going to blame depression, so he's a victim, and he's the victim of anti-Semitism, and all of. So he's still mm-hmm. trying to check boxes. On the Democratic side, oppression is currency in the Democratic Party. Uh-huh. You understand? I'm going through a lot. Everybody's like, "Oh, this yeah. guy's vulnerable." Here's a newsflash: We're all going through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. <laughs> but 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 for now, they've squelched it, yeah. and um, we can theorize on our own. As, Forget it, Jake. As, as to why. Well, if the DOJ wanted to rehabilitate yeah. its image in the eyes of the world, okay, the thing to do here is to nail his nuts to the wall if they have uh-huh. the goods on him. <laughs> I don't know that it's going to come to. Uh Uh, But in a perfect world, it would. But what I'm always mindful of, Hemmer, and this is the last gear to my analysis, is one. You've thought this through. This is really good. It's a deep show, you know. Um, my radio show really is a guy driving alone in a taxi thinking about the Just world. Thinking about stuff. And somebody gets in and you share your theories. Uh-huh. Sometimes you go, this guy's nuts. Sometimes, yeah, I like yeah, this guy. Yeah. What else do you do? Yeah, I do comedy. Oh, I'll come oh. by your show. <laughs> it's kind of how it all started. But there's this other thing when it comes to the transactional nature of politicians and the amount of money we're talking about is the message sent to the next potential mega donor. 
who might be on the wrong side of the law for various yeah. reasons. Okay, they don't really want to make a habit of blowing up mega donors. Of course. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. then the message becomes, hey, you're not necessarily insulated yeah, here. If we not, get $40 million from you. This is not a safe zone. No. <laughs> so there's a, everything from this moment forward is very carefully curated. Yeah. And that's why I think he might do better in the court of law than we than he probably should mm-hmm. because it's not about him it's about the next guy yeah. who's raising money whatever wacky way he happens yeah, I, to be I, I get it i yeah i see i can see that logic they're working long con yeah. here hammer they're now, working what, what long was, con. what was the johnny mathis thing uh well we brought you in on johnny mathis i'll be home for christmas and uh, one of the reasons i did with the prelude yes no? of course oh, like, and that's you know listen it, it uh, high praise. Me and Jenny Fallon listen to the pants off of that album, but I forgot what was the Drummer Boy album you recommended. Uh, it's an album. It's very old. I don't have the name off the top of it. my head. It's okay. symphonic. Okay. It's symphony only. Um, very little choral. Okay. Um, it's excellent. Okay. And I did find it on Spotify at one time. Oh. Maybe right. la- maybe last year. Okay. I'll um, work it out. I can I can text my mom mm-hmm. and she will she'll be able to locate She's it. She's on it. It's really good. Well, your Jim. mom has it on vinyl. Here's the reason why I like Johnny Mathis. Is she want to be on the yeah. record? Okay. Yeah, yeah. On vinyl. All the stuff's on vinyl. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and I, I run it. Yeah, good I for you. It. We okay. have a lot of vinyl I, fail I, house. I the problem old is school. like we don't have the it's old school vinyl, so it doesn't doesn't ch- flip the record for yeah. you. You got, you got to be ready. <laughs> All right? And like four or five songs go like that, believe it or not. <laughs> I believe the best Christmas music is the Christmas music that is subtle. Mm-hmm. It's stored in the background. It only pipes in when it's got something to say. It's atmospheric. And that Johnny Mathis album has something to say here, there, and everywhere. That's a that's a really good analysis, Hammer, because you're right that a lot of modern Christmas music is Kool-Aid. It roller skates through your living room wall like, hey, hey, hey. And you're right. <laughs> Mathis, it's background music. It's well, atmosphere. Well, to be clear now, mm-hmm. he made a ton it's of a, Christmas albums. Yeah. We're talking about Johnny Mathis and the Percy. Uh, Percy Faith, Faith Orchestra. Orchestra. He, he made 15 Christmas albums, but only one with the Percy Faith Orchestra. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the one I'm recommending. Not, not the others. I, I which, can't. I can't vouch for the Which, others. by the way, predates even A-Track. It's like 1958. Mm. That it can't, it's an old school album, yes. but it's a damn good one, Hammer. That's why you come to Fox Across America. You get gambling picks. You get Christmas uh-huh. recommendations. Well, let me ask you something, mm-hmm. because your audience knows that two months ago we got deep into a conversation about uh-huh. Elvis Aaron Presley. Uh-huh. And you said to me, hey, you got to listen to this. Yeah. Elvis, Al- Elvis White Christmas. Th- no, you said you got to listen oh. to this concert at Madison Square oh, Garden. Oh, Elvis Afternoon in the Garden. And it was w- noon or 1 o'clock on yes. a Sunday. Yes. He flew in. He played. He rolled. He flew out. <laughs> and I went home that weekend and listened to it three times. Give it to me. And I thought it was remarkable. Boom! There it is. The king. I thought it was really good. Now, I down. gave you Johnny Mathis. Yep. And you went home in mm-hmm. your cab, <laughs> and <laughs> you listened two. to it how many times? Oh, I've heard it at least four times. Since but, then? Yes. Or, oh, yeah. Since then? We're okay, t- okay but, now. But, but we are 10 seconds on, out. Hang on, Santa Step on Claus. The gas. What is your verdict? Oh, well, I love the Johnny Mathis album, but Elvis White Christmas is my favorite. But, folks, as we hit a hard break, Bill Hemmer has left the building. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. The hits just keep on coming. Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen joining us in the next hour. Abby Hornacek going to be here as well. And we're just going to keep calling balls and strikes on the shenanigans in Washington. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. I'm not worried about my head. I'm worried about your head. So we will just keep slanging truth. When we come back on the big, bad, one and only Fox across America. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, back in action. It's a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, a man who does not fly private when he travels the country to tell jokes and do TV and radio and everything in between. You know who does fly private? Just about every single one of these climate crusaders, including... Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, who was just outed after lecturing you to reduce your carbon footprint with taking 18 private flights on the taxpayer dollar. Pete Buttigieg is pathetic. 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in on any of this. Uh, We're going to have Oklahoma Senate-elect Mark Wayne Mullen stopping by. The lovable and talented Abby Hornacek will be here a little bit later on as well. But we begin on a big Tuesday. Uh, with a little you and me time. Uh, a couple of heads ups. If you're watching the Fallivision, I'll be on the Ingram Angle tonight with Laura Ingram in the 10 p.m. hour. Uh, and we got a whole, wow, so much going on. If you didn't see the Fox press release yesterday, uh, it has officially been announced. I am hosting New Year's Eve here on the Fox News channel. There is a 9 p.m. pre-show that I will be hosting with Emily Campagno and Griff Jenkins. That's going to be a banger. And then at 10 o'clock, the network goes live from the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville where we turn the hosting duties over to Pete Hegseth, Will Kane, and Rachel Campos Duffy, at which point you will see me in the crowd interviewing mem- you know, audience members and then, of course, on stage telling jokes, uh, doing live stand-up comedy right before the ball drops. This could be a problem. <laughs> well, it is funny in the sense that they're letting you do stand-up on live TV knowing your entire career could end with one joke. Yes, it is quite an honor, uh, but we're ready for this. We did it last year. It was fabulous, uh, and I am fired up and honored. Uh, to be doing it again this year. But right now I'm doing radio because that's my job. That's actually how I make my living when I'm not selling pictures of my feet on OnlyFans. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But let's talk about this Pete Booty Judge thing for a second because I want you to understand. Everybody pushing this climate change stuff is a dope when it comes to energy markets and whether or not anything they're pushing is sustainable. And when it comes to actual transportation and lifestyle, every single one of them is a fraud. Correct the mundo. Okay, let me read you this Pete Buttigieg report. So fascinating. I mean, it's weird that it's fascinating to me because it's pretty much baked into the cake at this point. Like every dirtbag John Kerry. Oh, you got to cut emissions, he says as he boards the private jet. Al Gore. Oh, we're all going to die in 10 years if we don't reduce our electricity use. Meanwhile, Al Gore's Tennessee mansion has an electric bill that makes the Vegas Strip look Amish. But there he is yelling and screaming at you to cut emissions. No, you don't understand. The end is near. It's bad. Democrats are so full of crap. They all are. Here's the thing, guys. We keep getting told there is a climate emergency. You guys, you don't understand. It's a climate emergency. <laughs> an emergency. A climate emergency. If it is an emergency, if we have reached emergency levels, the house is on fire. What do you do? You call the fire department. That's true. That is true. Okay. When it comes to the climate emergency, are the Democrats actually calling the fire department? The answer would be no. No, because in this instance, the fire department, okay, would be taking emergency measures to reduce their own climate contributions. Nobody in a Democratic Party is reducing their carbon footprint. Joe Biden, if you understand, as president, 
has flown Air Force One back to Delaware 59 times since getting into office. I don't remember that ever happening. Joe Biden has taken more vacation at this point in his presidency than anybody. They used to scream and yell about Trump golfing at Mar-a-Lago and we're paying, how dare you? And it was true. He played a fair amount of golf down in Mar-a-Lago. But he's been to Mar-a-Lago at this point in his presidency 15 fewer times than the current occupant of the Oval Office. Biden sucks. Well, a lot of people feel that way, but let's not get sidetracked here. Pete Buttigieg has taken at least 18 flights, according to the reporting, using taxpayer-funded private jets since taking office. According to flight tracking data received by Fox News Digital, he's traveled across the country visiting states including Florida, Ohio, and New Hampshire, and out of the country using a private jet fleet managed by the Federal Aviation Administration. Okay, this data lines up with Judge's schedule of external and public engagements obtained by government watchdog group Americans for Public Trust. APT Executive Director Caitlin Sutherland telling Fox News Digital, everyday Americans face flight cancellations and long wait times because Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has completely mismanaged air travel. Yet he gets to avoid all of that by taking taxpayer-funded private jets to destinations with readily available commercial airline options. This is total crap. And for someone so holier than now on reducing emissions, Booty Judge sure doesn't seem to mind the pollution caused by his literal jet setting. This is hypocrisy at its finest, and these troubling expenses to taxpayers must come under immediate scrutiny. Long story short is when it comes to all of this stuff, okay, fighting the climate, saving the world, we've all got to tighten our belts. By we, they mean you. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. We is always code for you. Do you remember when we must stay inside 15 days to stop the spread? You stayed inside. I stayed inside. But they they all got caught going to restaurants and bars and hair salons. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, understand. We is code for you. We are living in a two-tiered society. What was defund the police? Ah, we got to defund the police. They're all racist. We have to defund the police, meaning you. Because every one of them has private security. Do you remember Corey Bush led the charge to defund the police, screaming and yelling? And then we came to find out she spent over $200,000 that same year for personal police protection. And this was her answer. Yeah, I get it. You don't. Shut up. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What would you do with the brain if you had one? Defund the police has to happen because we're trying to save lives. Like, I really want you to think about that. The police, they're the guys who actually save the lives. So you're trying to tell me we're a safer society with less cops? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But it's not the only place where they're selling crazy. When it comes to the climate, and this is the larger point, I don't think any of you are shocked to hear that a Democratic politician is preaching one thing and doing another. Okay, people have written entire best-selling books about do as I say, not as I do. I can remember Rush Limbaugh talking about this in my taxi 15 years ago. 
Okay, driving along in a taxi and being like, yeah, wow, that is interesting. Now they keep telling you to do the one thing and they do the other. But that's exactly what it happens to be. But bigger than the hypocrisy is the mismanagement of energy markets. Understand, okay, while they're yelling and screaming about cutting emissions, while they're outsourcing domestic energy production, they're also increasing pollution. I've said this a million times, a million times. We burn and produce fuel here 42% cleaner than the next closest country in the world. That's how good of a job we have done with cutting emissions. That's how good of a job we have done here in America, the most innovative and creative source for good the world has ever known. Okay, when we sign these climate change agreements, like the one in Paris, even though it's non-binding and every other world leader is there for the photo op, they're all opening up coal plants left and right as we speak, if you're in Germany, if you're in China, Non-binding legislation, it means it's symbolic. It means you don't have to follow it. But we did. Okay, we decimated our economy. Did anybody else decimate theirs? The answer would be no. No, because no one would ever declare war on themselves. Okay, we have a 200-year supply of oil beneath our feet right now in this country. But rather than tapping into it, we're calling up Venezuela, you know, as the party that's supposed to be protecting democracy. We're calling an authoritarian dictator down in Venezuela and we're saying, hey, man, can you boost energy production for us? We're running a little low. That's what's going on. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Of course it is because it creates more pollution because they produce this stuff filthier than we do. And then it requires additional fuel to get it here. So the point is every single Pete Booty judge out there is not only a hypocrite, but they also happen to be idiots. Okay, idiots who don't understand the energy market, but they don't really care because when they say, oh, we've got to tighten the belt, we got to, they only mean you every single time. Here's the spokesperson for the DOT. Secretary Booty Judge mostly travels by commercial airline and has directed that travel and logistical decisions be grounded in efficient and responsible use of taxpayer dollars. However, there are some cases where it is more efficient and or less expensive for the secretary and accompanying personnel to fly in a nine-seater FAA plane rather than commercial flights. Did you hear that? Sometimes it's cheaper to fly on a private jet. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Well, I'm not the liar. The spokesperson is. Folks, here's a newsflash. It is never cheaper to fly on a private jet. Unless you're flying stowaway and clinging to the wheels, which I don't advise because you could lose your grip over the ocean. And it doesn't end good. But right now in this moment, thankfully, uh, you're not losing your grip. I'm not losing my grip. The people who keep selling this fraudulent climate change hoax on the world are the ones losing their grip. Okay, because here's the truth. Climate change right now for the Democrats is their biggest source of fundraising. It's bigger now than race relations and calling everybody racist. People got tired. It's just it doesn't work anymore. Do you remember the movie Casino when Joe Pesci is getting fat and he's not as good of an enforcer as he was? And you hear the De Niro character, Ace Rothstein, go, well, eventually Nicky wasn't getting him down with one punch anymore. And the beatings are getting a little more prolonged and a little more sloppier, and you realize the quality of the work is deteriorated. The enforcer is no longer as effective. That's what happened to the Democrats on the race card. You understand, they've called everything racist known to man. Every single, oh, it's racist, you don't understand. And there's always one underlying current to them calling something racist, which is... Please give us money. Every single time. Major League Baseball 
Uh, the Georgia voter ID is racist. Please give us money. Uh, the Republicans are racist. Please know, give every, us money. Every, the Trumps are racist. Please give us money. The Capitol was racist. Please give us money. The cops are racist. Please give us money. It goes on for days and days, and for years and years, it made them a lot of money. Pay up, suckers. Okay, but no one cares anymore. They're exhausted exhausted by the race card because they realized the whole point of playing it was always... Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay, but here they are now, making your life harder so they can fundraise off of their side of the aisle. And this is something they've been doing since the 80s. Ronald Reagan called this out in like 1982 when he was talking about environmental cars and how things were going to be more expensive and it was going to be the consumer paying the price for the actual legislative agenda of the people pushing the initiatives. Hundreds of dollars have been added to the cost of an automobile putting gadgets on it to, to clear up the air. We're the only country in the world that's set out to do it that way. Think about that. Okay, and again and again and again, we're still setting out to do that way as other countries have followed suit. But the one thing all of these countries have in common is that none of the people pushing the initiatives are following any of them themselves. And if you don't believe me, head down to the airport and ask Pete Booty Judge. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are awaiting... A press conference out of the Southern District of New York in regards to Democrat mega donor Sam Bankman Freed. He should be behind bars. Well, it kind of is. Uh, he and his parents arrived at the Bahamas court today uh, in lieu of testifying via Zoom uh, for the folks on Capitol Hill. He was supposed to testify today and tomorrow for the House and the Senate. That, of course, scrapped because he was arrested last night. A lot of people think, well, this is a convenient way to not have him spill the beans on Capitol Hill via Zoom. But the truth is, I don't see it that way only because he, these guys don't have to spill the beans. They, if, if you've seen any of the past testimony by guys like Fauci, they get up there and say, I don't remember. Well, it's interesting. You say that I sent an email saying we got to kill all discussion of the Wuhan lab leak theory. I don't remember sending that which is different than saying, no, I didn't send it, because it buys him the indemnification of not perjuring himself on the stand, of not lying under oath. So people wanted to see SBF testify under oath, but the truth is they can invoke the to the best of my recollection defense, so they're not overtly stating something is true. So I don't know that it was as simple as he got arrested, plus they... Uh, actual arrest work and paperwork and warrant was filed on December 9th, and it was sealed. So it was days back. Yes, it's a convenient arrest, but I think there's bigger fish to fry. That being said, this dirtbag didn't believe he was facing criminal prosecution because he spoke at a New York Times symposium two weeks ago where he was honored by the crowd. And they applauded him and they laughed because he was a social justice warrior. He was donating to the right causes. He very much thought he was the Bernie Madoff 
who had figured out an end around for the Ponzi scheme by functioning as a Bernie paid-off, meaning he donated $40 million to Democratic causes, and every time he got up in front of a microphone in ill-fitting shorts and a sloppy T-shirt, he said he cared about the environment. He said he cared about diversity. He said he cared about tolerance and inclusion and blah, blah, blah. Shut up! Will you shut up? He wouldn't shut up. Another thing that pissed off the feds. Here he is yesterday doing the Unusual Whales podcast. Uh, talking about why he wouldn't be showing up on Capitol Hill. It was just inconvenient. This is clip one. I'm uh, quite overbooked and was not planning uh, to be testifying until like very recently. But from a security standpoint, I, I feel like um, I, I sort of respect as much as I could for something like this, where people are coming from on this. Um, it's very difficult for me to move right now and travel because just like the paparazzi effect is quite large. I'm not sure. You're a loser. Oh, it's uh, the paparazzi. I can't go. The paparazzi. You're a loser. Yeah. Those are the words of a man who doesn't expect the heat. Bingo. Okay. If Congress calls you up tomorrow, says you got to come testify on the Hill, you're showing up. Okay. I'm showing up. I've been audited three times. Every time, you know, because I do my own taxes on TurboTax, every time they're like, oh, yo, it's 200 bucks. Yo, it's 800 bucks, whatever it is. I'm like, here you go. Will any of you be needing any oral sex while we're here? <laughs> like, whatever you need. I don't want a problem, okay? This is a guy that has stolen billions of dollars in people's life savings. And Congress is like, you got to come testify. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. The paparazzi, it's a little busy. The best I can do is a Zoom. And that's what he did. And Democrats who've received $40 million in donations from the guy we're like, yeah, that works for us. Here's Mike Davis. I played this earlier. Let me play it again. Clip four. Well, it's amazing what $40 million to Democrats by Sam Bankman Freed can buy because he didn't even have a subpoena to testify tomorrow and he was going to be able to testify testify remotely from the Bahamas. I was the Senate staff leader for 30 hearings and 40 other Senate Judiciary Committee meetings, and I've never seen anything like this. And you have to question, why is the Biden Justice Department, why are they filing charges and seeking this extradition before he had the opportunity to testify tomorrow? Why wouldn't they want him to testify and hear more from directly from his mouth on his intent? Exactly. Okay. One way or the other, the fix is in. We don't know who, we don't know how, but what we do know is... I got a bad feeling about this. Fired on Christmas Eve 
Santa had no sleigh. Rudolph tried to save the night, but the sleigh would not take flight. Then how the children woke up with no gifts under the tree. Rudolph the unvaxxed reindeer got screwed by the CDC. Thanks for ruining Christmas, Joe. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And dig this. Anthony Fauci back on TV pushing more boosters. This is exhausting. I was told this guy retired and he was going away. But here we are a couple weeks away from Christmas. And I told you something about Fauci. I told you this two and a half years ago. The guy got addicted. This is a real thing. I've seen it happen. The guy got addicted to hair and makeup. Fauci likes going on TV. And he knows that if he doesn't show up and tell you the end is near, you need a booster, we're all going to die, that whole thing, he knows nobody's going to book him. So you understand, no matter how far ahead of this pandemic we have gotten, Fauci is always going to get out of bed. Anytime there's a microphone, he's going to jump in front of it and be like, So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. It's all gloom and doom. All of it. Okay? And I'm not saying that as like an anti-vaxxer, but I am saying that as a, you know, pro-truther, if that matters. 58% of the COVID deaths and the most recent data available to us, 58% of the COVID deaths were amongst vaccinated people. Okay, as it pertains to the boosters, we have no data, none, that says they stop transmission. We don't have that data. Okay, you know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you got nothing, pound the table. They are pounding the table on this. In fact, every single time some high-profile Democrat gets COVID, what do they do? They tweet, well, I got COVID. Uh, I just want to thank God I'm vaxxed and boosted. Because, you know, the symptoms would be so much worse. You don't have a clue. They have no idea. We don't have any data on that. And again, I want it to work. But we're a month removed from the CEO of Pfizer International testifying before the European Parliament that they didn't even test this vaccine to see if it would stop transmission. That's just how white folks will do you. But you understand the significance of that. Because everybody telling you, well, you know, the vaccine, you're not getting it for you. You're getting it for everybody else around you is what's going on. You know, that. no, it's not about you. It's about everything. That is a fact check false. If the vaccine works, then the guy next to me doesn't have to worry about anything I do if, in fact, he happens to be vaccinated. That is correct. Okay, but when the vaccine doesn't work, as we now know, again, You've never seen 10 million cases, breakthrough cases of the measles or the mumps or polio because they were properly developed vaccines that went through 10 years of clinical trials. And yes, all types of casualties. In this instance, we've given big pharmaceutical companies legal, civil and criminal immunity against what could potentially go wrong if, in fact, you get vaccinated. But there was Fauci out there again on TV yesterday saying, you better get a booster. Get him out of here. Get him out. A lot of people feel that way because here he is first and foremost saying we're three years in and we're still in the pandemic. Here it is, clip 11. Here we are going into the third year of it, and we are still Mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic with the numbers that you just showed. 
Oh, third year. We're in the third year of a pandemic. I mean, technically speaking, yes, but we're a long way past where we were. And the truth is, I don't know that the vaccine has anything to do with that. I'm not telling you. It's your personal choice. You do what you want. I'm vaccinated. Okay, I work in a city where you cannot have more than 100 employees at your company unless they are vaccinated. We were required by law. Otherwise, we weren't allowed to come to work. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have gotten it. I absolutely wouldn't have gotten it. And what's amazing is you never meet a person who's like, well, if only I got the vaccine. But you meet plenty of people who wish they didn't. Okay, and I'm not here to just, you know, yell and scream. But the fact remains, this guy is out there pushing vaccines and he's making money in doing so. And the reason I would confidently assert that position is because when he testified under oath, Rand Paul said, hey, are you and anybody on the panel benefiting financially from all of these recommendations? And what did Fauci say? Well, under the law of 1979, I don't have to tell you that. Okay, understand, I don't have to tell you that is code. It's code. Are you ready for it? For yes. It's code for yes. Okay, because understand, if you're doing something as underhanded as pushing medicine, not knowing whether or not it really works, not knowing whether or not they really need it, but because you know you'll benefit financially in doing so, that's a real scummy thing to do. And anybody, okay, who is testifying under oath, okay, would want to distance themselves from the scumminess if, in fact, they were a part of it. But in this instance, he did not attempt to distance himself. Why? Because he was under oath. And if he got caught lying about whether or not he was profiting from pushing all of these vaxes and boosters, he'd be facing a real criminal situation. Ergo, Fauci just said, I don't have to tell you. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, but here he is. Okay, saying again, we're not doing well enough getting people vaccinated. It's clip 13. We have a good booster updated vaccine available and we are not doing well enough in people getting vaccinated. We only have 68 percent of the total population vaccinated. About 50 percent of those have received a single booster and only 13 percent of the eligible population for the updated boost have gotten boosted. We've got to do much better than that. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Okay, does any of that analysis there incorporate the number one protection against the virus, which is getting the virus? The answer would be no. They don't even count that. They don't count natural immunity. Do you want to know why they don't count natural immunity? Are you ready for it? I mean, I think you know the answer. It's because they don't make any money off it. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Think about that. When they passed this vaccine mandate, Okay, they did not give you natural immunity as a potential exemption, knowing full well that all clinical data tells you it's as good of an inoculation against the virus as anything else. No, instead, they went all in on a mandate, even after declaring there wouldn't be a mandate. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the covid vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. You understand? But even after saying we've never done it, we'd never do it, they went out and did it. This is politics as usual. And here is Fauci on MSNBC. Oh, no, the COVID, it's wearing people down. It's clip 15. 
The unique nature of this is that it's three years of really essentially wearing down the country. This was a, hopefully in the beginning when it first came out. We thought we'd have a big blip of an outbreak and it would go away and we'd be done with it. And here we are going into the third year of it. And we are still mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic with the numbers that you just showed. That's completely unprecedented to have that amount of stress on the system and the durability and the duration of the stress is extraordinary. You suck! Here's a newsflash, Fauci. Three years into this thing, COVID is no longer wearing society down. You are. When I find myself in times of COVID, Dr. Fauci's on TV, sparking mass confusion, CDC. And in two years of the lockdowns, he has screwed us over royally. All the rules keep changing, CDC. CDC, CDC, CDC. And Fauci, no clue what they're doing, CDC. And when the vaccinated people masking up in stores agree, none of this is science, CDC. For though they may be boosted, there is still a chance they'll infect me. What's the point of mandates, CDC? CDC, 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 CDC. Please get Dr. Fauci off TV. CDC, 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 and Fauci. Fire all these morons, CDC. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding it down here on the Fox News Radio Network. Uh, of course, the TV network as well. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I will be on. It's an inside joke. I'll be on the Ingram Angle tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, doing the damn thing with Laura, chopping it up. But right now, some you and me time. Abby Hornacek waiting in the wings. We might even hear from Oklahoma Senator-elect Mark Wayne Mullen. The thing we were talking about was Dr. Fauci. I was saying earlier, okay, Fauci's back on the news this week, recommending more boosters, more shots, and the reason being, and I, I want you to know this, he likes going on TV. I go on TV all the time, and it is really cool. Um, if you don't know any better, meaning fa meaning it's fun, but it's a big responsibility. And if you focus on the responsibility of going on TV, you're never really sitting there going, wow, this is cool. What you're doing is you're looking over the stories you were sent to talk about going, dude, I got to get my together fast. I'm about to be on camera. Oh, 
But seriously, if you take the responsibility seriously, if you respect the opportunity, you're too busy doing your job to realize how cool it is. Your family and friends get to know it's cool because they go, I saw you on the thing. All my buddy watches you. I ran into a mechanic the other day. He's like, hey, watch your brother Jimmy. You know, that whole thing. Really cool. Really, really cool. But what happened to Fauci is he realizes, you know, they're bringing me on for a multitude of reasons. I'll do analysis. I'll tell jokes. Mainly they let me open my mouth on TV because it makes all the other hosts sound smarter. Okay, that's the bottom line. Every time I speak with my community college education and my cab driving background, they're like, well, it's at least the anchor's smart. That's kind of my contribution. But the point is Fauci only gets on for selling gloom and doom. So he's always going to be on your television telling you the end is nigh because if the end isn't nigh, then there's no reason to listen to the guy. And he knows that. But joining us now is a man there's always reason to listen to. He is not only a superstar representative in Congress, he is now the senator-elect from the great state of Oklahoma, a city I once again was able to survive this weekend. Senator-elect Mark Wayne Mullen returns to the show. Hey, man. What's going on, Jimmy? Yo, I was at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Bricktown down in OKC this weekend. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's great, and I did not call you up for your own safety. That was a rowdy crowd. You know, but you still should have. I'm going to start getting offended when you come to Oklahoma and you don't holler at me. I'm not offended yet because you only got two strikes. So the third one, I'm going to get offended. Yo, can we just talk about this for a second? Because I do love doing stand-up in Oklahoma because the nice thing about it is nobody in the crowd drinks at all. Uh, yeah, uh, kind way, of. It depends. Way to keep it, up it, with the group, Mullen. <laughs> they were all hammered. Everybody was hammered. Mullen, a cop stopped me. He was like, are you drinking? I was like, no. He's like, well, here you go then. They're all hammered. Well, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if you was at the right. Oh, no, right. no. They were, believe me, they, they were hammered. They were great. There's, it's such a good spirit. I could tell you as a guy who goes on the road a lot doing stand-up, uh, people in Oklahoma are the best kind of people because no one is paying money to go to a comedy club to, like, get mad or offended. It's like if you're paying 25 oh. bucks to get in, it's because you want to have a good time. Absolutely. They get it. They're in on the joke. So uh, let me throw a few things at you because I know you're busy. you got all kinds of votes going on and stuff like that. Um, We've had this discussion before around the climate, but it's resonating with me this week because I just got back from Oklahoma where there's a lot of oil money flying around. And for good reason, we can't live without fossil fuels. Do guys like Pete Booty Judge who are preaching you got to cut your carbon footprint and then get caught taking 18 flights on a private jet, do they deep down know that they're full of it, hence the hypocrisy? You know, they, they do. They have to. They're, they're, they know it's not feasible for us to even think about switching to, to 100% renewables. It's not, even, it's not even possible. I mean, if you start looking at the comparison of what wind energy produces and solar produces, we're only, we're only at roughly 30% of our energy need right now. And, uh, and for us to be able to actually have enough energy to fit today's need just by renewables – We'd have to have a landmass the size of Texas. Now, just Jeez. think about that. We'd have to, 100% of the landmass of Texas would have to be covered in solar and in wind just to replace what we have right now currently with, uh, with fossil fuels. So it's not, it's not even feasible. But it's not, it's not about being feasibility for them. It's about a talking point. It's an emotion. And that's what the Democrats are really good at and what the Republicans are really bad at. Is Democrats talk in emotion, not reality. And emotion sells because American people's attention span is about nine seconds. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that people read the headlines. Mm -hmm. So emotions sell faster than facts. 
it's such a good point. It's that they lead with their feelings. We live in an age where people's emotions are their facts. If you make them feel a certain way, they're like, well, then it's true. I must be I must be on the right side of this, um, right. which I bring that up because, you know, getting past the emotional aspect of this is the factual grasp of the subject matter really quick by Outsourcing production to a place like Venezuela, we're not only un- kneecapping our own economy, uh, but we're actually creating more pollution because Venezuela is filthier than we are, and we need fuel to get it back here, no? Well, yeah. So, yes, you're going to have to ship it back here, but also we produce sweet crude here in the United States. That's mm-hmm. where fracking comes in. Sweet mm-hmm. crude is a, is a very clean crude. It's not mm-hmm. a dark, heavy crude that mm-hmm. you see festering in barrels of yep. 50-gallon drums. Uh, sweet crude is what you almost look like you can pour almost in your motor oil. I mean, it's it's already it's it, a lot of it is already refined, and mm-hmm. so it is a lot cleaner of a uh, of a refinery process doing sweet crude. But uh, once again, our 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 administration they look at um, at numbers so they can talk about numbers here, but they don't talk about the imports. And mm-hmm. this is something that's interesting: the amount of production we have cut inside the United States that mm-hmm. we have cut inside the United States. Yep. We have increased our import by that amount plus 5%. <sighs> so, and uh, the per- perfect hey, study is, if you, you look at California. You're spot on, but I'm going to lose you to a hard break. You get it. And we're going to make this point longer the next time we have more time. But Mullen, I appreciate you. I just didn't want to lose you. Just let him know, Mikey. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, fired up in this hour to follow the science because nobody in Washington wants to. Certainly nobody in the dictionary industry wants to either. Check this one out. It's a wild one. The Cambridge Dictionary catching a little hell online for claiming in their new definition of a woman that there are no biological differences. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. Abby Hornacek is coming by. She is a superstar Fox Nation multimedia host here at the network. She also happens to be an elite women's athlete at a time when women athletes are very much being erased by these gender activists. What the hell is the world coming to? We're going to figure it out in this hour at 888-788-9910. I wanted to dive into this. There's a lot going on. We've been following the story of this Sam Bankman-Fried dirtbag who just turned himself in on securities fraud and should, if there was any justice, spend his life in prison. Okay, we've been keeping tabs on... Certainly the energy crisis. We were just discussing it with Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. There's a lot of, you know, political wildfires raging right now in this moment. But the cultural fire is a personal one to me because I am a guy who happens to be, you know, as as pro-women as they come. And I mean this professionally, like in my 20s. I was pro-women, like, you know, jiggle joints, paying them in singles. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But as like a grown-ass man who happens to be uh, at a company surrounded by some of the most brilliant and intelligent and influential women in the world, I hate seeing the female contribution to society minimized. In fact, I think it's flat-out disgusting. But the reason the Democrats keep pushing 
these new beliefs, these new boundaries, is because every time they carve out a new class of person, it gives them another grievance battle to fight. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, deep down, every single Democrat knows that men aren't having babies. Okay, if men are having babies, where's the baby coming out of? Exactly. Okay. Here's a newsflash. It ain't coming out, thank God, of anything on a man. Okay. But just the same as they've tried to tell you men can get pregnant, they've also tried to tell you what? Men should be allowed to compete against women in women's sports. That's not right. It's not right because it puts the women who bust their ass to achieve and refine their craft and practice and grow and love sport and love competition, it puts them on an unlevel playing field. Okay, so every time you hear a story like this, I am going to slam on the brakes and I'm going to push back a little bit because I'm just trying to find fellow like-minded people. This is not a political issue. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. This is a right or wrong issue. They're erasing women. Okay, let me read this to you, because it's bananas. The Cambridge Dictionary, it's under fire for altering the definitions of the words man and women. According to the Cambridge Dictionary's new definition, a woman is an adult who lives and identifies as a female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. (laughs) Similarly, a man is now defined as an adult who lives and identifies as male, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. Folks, that's dress up. And you can identify with whatever you want. Okay, this is America e pluribus unum, out of many one. I want every single person to feel welcome and accepted, but I don't want them accepted at the expense of anybody else. Meaning when you start going out there and you start erasing the biological definitions of man and women, you know what else you start to impact? You start to impact the medical community. You know, you start to impact meaningful discussions revolving around our health. One of the discussions, by the way, which is very interesting, is it's worth pointing out that the Cambridge Dictionary defines men and women, even though they don't include biology, they do go to great lengths to tell you what it is an adult who lives and identifies as a male. It is an adult who lives and identifies as a female, meaning stop telling five-year-olds that they can be transitioning. Stop telling 8-year-olds that they can be transitioning. Stop telling 12-year-olds. Because by your very definition, they're not adults. I think he's got a point. I mean, folks, as a parent, as someone who actually cares, this discussion drives me crazy because I've had the luxury of raising a kid. Okay, to be honest with you, I was, you know, I don't know that I contributed much. I mean, I basically beat him in video games, and Jenny does all the important stuff. But as someone who's had the luxury, who's had the privilege, who's had the gift from God to actually raise a child, to hold a baby in his arms like it's a MacBook Air, straight out of the packing peanuts. The first time you hold a baby, you realize, wow, whatever this computer downloads is on me. Okay? It's never been on the Internet. It's never been to any of those racy websites. So if it starts looking at dirty pictures, it's basically my responsibility. Hubba, hubba. Okay, but the point is, when it comes to that privilege, when it comes to that opportunity, if you're a parent who's dedicated to your kid and their well-being and you genuinely pay attention and interact with the kid on a daily basis and cherish those moments of evolution, 
you realize kids are so fluid in their preferences, their favorite game, their favorite toy, their favorite food, okay? Favorite outfit, favorite stuffed animal. Kids' preferences are constantly changing. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So when you see them pushing stuff on kids, we're talking about the permanent alteration of their physical bodies, blocking hormones, you know, switching genders, denying their parents the right to know in certain schools around the country if, in fact, the kid identifies as something else. You are taking a kid at a very vulnerable age in their development, and you are green lighting their own reckless experimentation. How many things have you wanted more than anything on earth as a little kid, gotten it, and didn't want it anymore? Okay, now imagine we've gone DEFCON 5, and we've told you, well, you know, you're surrounded by a weird kindergarten teacher who was showing you drag shows all the time and wacky TikTok videos, and now you went out and you chopped off your junk. What the hell did you just say? These are real options now, that barbaric people who deny science, who introduce new classes of grievance, are constantly pushing on your children. Do you understand when they change the definition of a man and a woman, who's really reading dictionaries? Are you reading them? No. Am I reading them? No. You want to know why? We're not in school. You know who is in school? Your kids. They start erasing the boundaries now. So they have an elder generation of kids that accept this stuff as fact. This is ridiculous. It's exactly what it is. So the Cambridge Dictionary is telling you, anyone can be a man, anyone can be a woman, doesn't matter how they were born, none of that matters anymore. Okay, and you understand why they're doing this, because they're trying to empower a woke crowd. What the Democrats do now, when it comes to political discourse, is they take the most radical position they can, knowing people are going to push back, at which point they say, oh, you're inciting violence. You're going to get these people killed. How dare you not agree with our position on this radical issue? Isn't that what they tell you on Twitter? The old Twitter was banning people from using the words groomer. Because Democrats who were taking their kids to drag shows, who were bringing strippers into kindergarten classes, were being called groomers. Because the definition of groomer is what? Making young kids comfortable around sex. So when older people who might want to have sex with younger children decide to make a move on them, the kids will be more susceptible. You see it all the time, okay? We've got some pop stars that are very famous for doing exactly that. This is totally false. Okay, the point is, okay, it is the very definition of groomer. And they're not only grooming them sexually, they're not only grooming them for some type of gender dysmorphia, but the most important battle they're grooming them for is the only one the politicians care about, which is giving them another class of grievance. Every time the LGBTQ lineup gets longer, it was LGB five years ago, then it was T, then it was Q, then it was I, then it was A, then it was plus. What the hell is the world coming to? You're all welcome. You're all included. I wish you no ill will. This is not me inspiring violence. Okay, but this is me telling you that every letter of the alphabet represents a new class of aggrieved aggrieved people that the Democrats will attempt to get support from by mobilizing a narrative where you want them dead, where you want hate crimes, just because you have some questions about how radically society is changing. And if you genuinely think 
that Democrats are just actually on the side of these aggrieved people. Look no further than Caitlyn Jenner. Okay, the Caitlyn Jenner story, you've heard her on this show. Nothing is more illustrative of just how full of the Democrats are than the Caitlyn Jenner story. Now, why do I say that, Jimbo? Why do I say it? Okay, because if you remember when Caitlyn Jenner transitioned, she was on the cover of Vanity Fair. They gave her an ESPN Courage Award and everyone on the left was like, she is beautiful. This is wonderful. It's a great day for America. And anyone who tells you otherwise is a monster. And you can all go screw. And about a month later, Caitlyn Jenner was like, by the way, I'm a Republican. And those same Democrats were like, you get the f- out of here. I don't want to f- ever again. We liked Bruce better, you f- bottom line. They're full of it. OK, and they're willing to erase women if it helps them gain political power. But it's something I take personally. Because I have female athletes in my family. I'm about to interview a female athlete in my family. I got my start at this company working on the Kennedy Show who runs an Ironman triathlons and loves nothing more than to hang out and drink a, drink a beer and watch a football game or a baseball game with me. Okay, I have a real loyalty, understanding, and appreciation of the female athlete. You know who doesn't? The Democrats who are telling you anyone's welcome in the women's swimming pool. Even if their Speedo fits a little snuggers than the ladies do. to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Introducing Woke Christmas Classics, the holiday series designed to make sure you don't get coal in your stocking from the outrage mob. What I want for Christmas is a Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock and the thing which tells time. Cut, cut, cut. Whoa, whoa, we can't give anybody a BB gun for Christmas. We'll get canceled in a second. All of your favorites have been remade along woke lines so there can be peace on Earth with Frosty the Snow Person. And the all-new It's a Wonderful Life, so check your white privilege. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Woke Christmas Classics, selling out fast around the country. Oh, 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon and the Woke Brigade making its way into the Cambridge Dictionary. Everything woke turns to We're going to talk about this with Abby Hornacek in a minute, but basically the Cambridge Dictionary changed the definition of a man and a woman. And it now just means, hey, if you want to call yourself a woman, you're a woman. Congratulations. If you want to call yourself you're a man, you're a man. Congratulations. Folks, I am all for tolerance. I am all for inclusion. But this is bananas, okay? It's bananas because it's really being done at the expense of women. You know, you're not going to see one single solitary story, and this is what proves my point. We've heard about five nationally prominent stories of male athletes who transitioned to women and beat all the women in the game. Why? Because they have a testosterone advantage. Okay, but you're never going to hear a story of a woman transitioning to a man and breaking every single record day in and day out. Why? Because they're at a disadvantage physically. We've always known this to be true. We just didn't, you know, fashion it. We didn't pretend that this was some type of a slight to women to say so. We're allowed to admit that different sexes have different strong suits. And to be clear, that by no means is a declaration that women are weak, because I know a lot of women out there that'll kick your ass. I mean, hell, I've paid a lot of women on Craigslist to beat me up. I'm just, you know, I'm just telling you because because I care. You know what I mean? Have you ever had a check? I'm just being silly. But the point is, yes, there are all times of phenomenal female athletes out there. But for all of this woke craziness, like, do you remember the U.S. women's soccer team? Hey, man, I'm proud of female athletes for winning around the world. Yeah, get out there, kick their ass. USA. But the U.S. women's soccer team, for all the griping about we deserve as much money as the men, they once lost an exhibition game to 15-year-old boys, okay, because 15-year-old boys are more athletically advanced and inclined and physically, okay, enabled than an actual team of U.S. women's soccer Olympians. That doesn't mean they're not great at soccer. It doesn't mean they're not better at the other women. It just means we had separate categories out of fairness and respect. Okay, and consideration for the differences between the two. But when you start changing definitions in the dictionary, control the language, control the people. You don't read a dictionary. I don't read a dictionary. We don't go to school. Your kids do. Okay, these definitions get taught to your kids at an early age, and then you get a generation of kids that grows up believing that there is no biological difference between men and women. That's what's going on right now in this country. And I'm not telling you this because I want you to go out and commit a hate crime. I don't hate anybody. Come on, man. But that's how intellectually lazy we've become as a society. It's like a good example was Fauci. Elon Musk has prosecuted Fauci. He tweeted that. What did the Democrats run out and say? This is a call to violence. He's trying to get Fauci killed. No, he didn't say beat up Fauci. Okay, but this is what the Democrats do. They, they do this. They're guilty of this. I know I try to do a show that's all-inclusive of everyone and every political ideology. And to be clear, all are welcome. And if someone wants to refute anything I'm saying, you're welcome to call in 888-788-9910. But what the Democrats love to do is they don't debate what Republicans are saying. They debate what they claim Republicans are saying. 
Do you remember Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill? That's not what it's called in Florida. It's called the Parental Rights and Education Act, and it makes it illegal to teach sexual education to kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. Never says the word gay once. But what did the Democrats do? They went out and said, oh, it's a don't say gay bill. Republicans are attacking gay people. Why? Because they run on grievance. They don't sell you their ideas. They just tell you the other guys are evil. So you go out and vote for them. And this is why we can't have nice things. Democrats are so full of crap. A snow-blanketed Yellowstone is a perfect place to spot an abundance of wildlife. And you're almost guaranteed to see the tracks they leave behind. You might even come across wolves in Yellowstone Lamar Valley. You obviously want to keep your distance, but even from afar, seeing these animals in their natural habitat is incredible. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you know anything about my next guest, you know the sun never sets on her multimedia empire. She is the host of Parked on Fox Nation, the Getting Schooled podcast, and has a fabulous new offering you just heard a glimpse of. She will tell you all about it. Abby Hornacek is here and the crowd goes wild. What's up, Jimmy Fallon? Boom! The pyrotechnics. (laughs) The cannons just went off. I mean, she gets a big intro. You rode in on an elephant, to be clear, just so they know. I did. I did. But that elephant was riding on a pterodactyl. So it was really a dual type of situation. Nobody goes bigger. Abby Hornacek is every day is an MTV Super Sweet 16. Do you remember that show? I do. The, the girl would be getting like two matching Lamborghinis but still be mad at her dad. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's okay. You're going to be all right, Abby. You're going to be all right. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Good to see you. Um, let's talk about this. The yes. New, this new clip we just heard was from what? That was from a Yellowstone Christmas, and I'll tell you one thing. It is colder in this studio than it is at Yellowstone <laughs> in the wintertime. Um, I went, or well, I mean, I, I showcase, I should say, what Yellowstone is like in the wintertime. Okay. It's over the holiday season. We're so used to hearing about Yellowstone in the context of spring, summer, fall, but now we're there when it's cold. Yes. And you see these bison with just a fresh blanket of snow on their coats, mm-hmm. and it's so magical. Um, <laughs> Uh, you see Mama Bear and their, her little cubs just trekking through Lamar Valley. It, it, it truly is spectacular. So our whole point is you can throw it on while you're decorating, uh-huh. and you can just watch it if you want to relax. There's so many things that you can do while you're while you're witnessing these things, but it just brings a lot of peace and a lot of joy, I hope, to people who are watching it. Oh, there you go, Abby mm-hmm. Hornacek. Christmas in Yellowstone. I mean, it's right. exciting stuff. I know it encapsulates the entire holiday season. So do the animals get violent on Black Friday? Yeah, it's a stampede. It's like Just a, like humans. They're a sale on acorns or something yeah, like actually, that. Actually, they're more tame than humans. <laughs> <laughs> the bears in Yellowstone. Yes. Are yeah. better than we are. Oh, they it's are. fascinating. We should learn stuff. from them, honestly. Imagine, we could learn a lot. Imagine that, Ab. Were you just at the Fox News Town Hall? I watched it. Okay, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. you know, You're I saw people going in there, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed. Do you know last year? Because <laughs> I never know either. Like last this year, the Christmas tree lighting, I was up on the day, is hanging out, singing along, having a good time. But last year, I stood there, like in the crowd, because I wasn't sure I was supposed to be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I know. It's, it's you never want to go somewhere uninvited, <laughs> yeah, unless you're the Grinch. But look, I, I watched it, and mm-hmm. you did an amazing job oh, at yeah. making people. 
remember the lyrics to songs. Oh yeah, we were playing a song game. It's not right. It's not right. But you want to know something? We edited. We actually edited out all the demeaning reactions I had to people. (laughs) Because basically, what they did, folks, if you're listening at home, is we were playing complete the lyric here at Fox. We were going around knocking on people's office door, or you know, grabbing staff, and we were we had the Yuletide carolers, who Mm -hmm. are old timey carolers dressed in big costumes. Like big. Very they, good singers. They, too. Yeah, and they look like they're from like one of those old school like restoration villages where you go like churn butter and stuff right, like that. Right, right. They're phenomenal. Very funny people, but they don't break character. Like even when you're riding in the elevator with them, they're still talking to you in like the accents you're and everything joking? like that. Yeah, well, were, I mean, you it, can't break character. It was an, maybe, maybe it's not character. Maybe they're time travelers. I think they are. All right, I I'm actually saw their time machine. <laughs> Why didn't you knock on my door? I would lo- I'd love some around. homemade butter. Believe me, it was on the 20th floor and we just missed you. What the heck? But stick with me, okay? Because we have to talk about your cholesterol in a minute. That's why. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to depress this. Okay. But these carolers, what they were really doing is, you know, every Christmas song you've sang as a kid has like seven verses. Yeah. But in school, you only sing like verse one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, but Jingle Bells gets after it. You know, they oh. have like those P. Diddy remixes where there's, you know. And so basically they would they would lull everybody in with like a Jingle Bells jingle all the way. And then they'd cut to like verse seven and just humiliate people. <laughs> well, when they edited the package down, they did kind of bumper bullet and make everybody come off a little bit sillier instead of, you know, dumb. Because oh, believe that's me, I, nice. I wasn't but I wasn't there to make friends. We just work at a decent company. Right. <laughs> they didn't do that for the for the girls with their super sweet sixteen. No, they, no, not they did they didn't not make the them same. look good. They did not make them look Different good. Different treatment for them. No, ma'am. But if you're watching Christmas in Yellowstone, everybody looks good, including yourself. Because the one thing about Christmas stuff, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, I'm a big Christmas music guy. I do wait until December. I don't know. <sighs> are you Are you, are you around? Like, are you a living CVS? Are you I one am of those people that puts the decorations CVS up that early? Santa just sits on top of my fridge year long. Are you one of them? Yeah, you I am. You don't suffer Christmas burnout or anything like that? There's no such thing. Okay, fine. I think no, that's listen. a made-up thing. I get it. Abby Hornacek is in studio. She rides the Polar Express. I do, yeah, I do all year. Instead of <laughs> I, instead of Ubering to work, I ride the Polar Express. But look, I, I did a I did a segment on Varney this morning, and the the topic right before mine, I learned a lot because apparently, if you decorate before Christmas, it says something about you psychologically, really? which I mean makes that, sense. That you're a psycho. That, no breaking news. That yeah, you're, you're a, a psychopath. Exactly. A borderline serial killer. <laughs> exactly. They say that you have a hard time living in the moment, but I just say I. I choose the moment I want to live in, and that's Christmas. That? It's an on-demand world. It is. Abby Hornacek demands Christmas. I demand it, She Jimmy. wants Christmas. Give she me wants what it I now. Want. Were you the little kid in that song, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas? You ever heard that old song? I, oh, I want a I want hippopotamus, hippopotamus for Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. That See, whole I, thing. I completed the lyrics since you didn't invite me to the first time. <laughs> no, no. You completed the title of the song. <laughs> She's like, jingle bells. See, I know the song. I know how to cheat the system. Yes, you do. Abby Hornacek working the refs, as she always does. So let me ask you this, because you start early. Um, Do you cycle? Like, what I mean by that is, like, I will start. The Christmas season in my house kicks off. It's so funny. But on December 1st, legitimately on December 1st, Jenny had said to Lincoln the night before, because we play a lot of music in my house. I got these big Bose S1 Pros. They're bazookas. They're like, wow. you know, professional DJ speakers that you rock a block. You can hear that from here, yeah. You can hear them from space. Mm. And believe me, my neighbors have called the cops <laughs> and said as much. Like, Kennedy comes over my house in the summer. Like, Kennedy and Emily Campagna will come over and play George Michael till the cops come. I love but it. It's, but it sounds so good. You can't that, get mad at that. Listen, I had a cop come. This is an interesting story. When I was in Nashville, I was blasting one of my speakers after we did Gutfeld in Nashville. And I had a cop knock on my door at 3 in the morning. 
And uh, he came in, and I was like, I was just getting ready to watch this Rocky Four trailer. There's a reboot. He's like, get out of here. And the <laughs> cop stood in my room, and we watched the Rocky Four trailer reboot. With the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as he left, he's like, I love the Skinner song, by the way. Could you keep it down? I was like, of course. And he left. He saw that wow, I was reasonable. I love but that. I, but I am no stranger to run-ins. But the point is, as a guy who is actively DJing his family's entire life, okay, I cycle through certain albums. And on the eve of December, Jenny said to Lincoln, I guarantee you tomorrow at 7, because I don't play music in the house till they're awake. Mm-hmm. She's like, I guarantee you he's going to start playing the Charlie Brown Christmas album. And it's so funny because without knowing she had said that to Lincoln, on December 1st at 7 a.m. when I heard their alarms go off, I turned it on on the speakers and I heard them die laughing upstairs because they were oh, like, I told you. Oh, she's psychic. So I am a predictable DJ predictable, in yeah. that regard. <laughs> Um, are you a predictable DJ, or do you do you stick with one song all the way through, or how do you roll? Um, I'm pretty predictable. I just I, I I always go for the classic. Okay, Christmas, but I will throw in some country Christmas every yeah, once. Of course in a while, you will. You know? And you're well within your rights to do that. I think it's important to okay. get some diversity of Christmas. <laughs> diversity is our strength at Christmas time. Yes, that's what she says. Well, Christmas in Yellowstone. I don't know that it has a soundtrack. It's the sounds of nature. Is yes, it not? the sounds of beauty and nature and serenity. Okay, now really. let me ask you Opposite this. Opposite of New York, yep. If I was doing your job, okay, because mm-hmm. I like to talk, and, you know, like you see what happens to me is like I live in a flesh prison. I mean this. I just see things and jokes happen. Like I don't think about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'll observe an animal doing something and be like, oh, there's a funny analogy. So my point is I couldn't do your job because I would talk the whole time. Well, do I, you – you know, like they say a good sports play-by-play guy knows to let the action speak for itself. Okay. Do you talk all the way through it or do you get out of the way? Well, to go to that analogy, I, I do think it's awkward sometimes when there's a moment and no one's talking. Yeah. Um, you got to fill fill the silence. So you no. can't. You, I, uh, <laughs> so this, two rhinos are drinking out of a stream. You just can't let us I watch start, the hydration. I start um, getting my own bowl of water and I, I want to hear people me sip as well. No, I try, I try to let it breathe um, uh-huh. because this this special in particular, I, I talk a lot in part because I love the yeah, yeah. geology and history Passionate, and all the nerdy excited. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And I scream a lot when I'm doing these things, like jumping out of planes. But this one, I, I think the sounds are really awesome. And I, I, I did notice this in parks, too. I would set my iPhone every once in a while and just tell everyone, like, shh. Because that's what I record on my iPhone so that I can listen to it before yeah. I go to bed oh, that's so to rad. help me fall asleep. They have it, the series is called Christmas in Yellowstone. It's hosted by the great Abby Hornacek. They have good gnats. You know, when good people work sound. in TV, yeah, gnat sound means you just record the natural environment. And the exactly. reason I learned that term is when I wrote for Kennedy, um, I was I oh, got really good at determining where we couldn't take gnats from. Meaning, like if someone was on a street in New York, they're like, ah, oh, we need hey, a song under get this. Get out of here! Yeah, you never know what was going to get yelled. You know, <laughs> <laughs> screaming a fight. Yes, <laughs> go no, after yourself. Good. You know, something right. like that. So. That's Probably, too. I mean, driving cabs, you probably have a lot of good net sounds you could have used as blackmail oh, yeah. for pe- against oh, people. Yeah. I've heard things. Yeah. You know, what, you know what happens in a cab that's really funny is people use you as an affordable therapist because they don't mm. think they're ever going to see you again. Right. So, and you can tell it's coming out because they get in your cab and they're like, well, how's your day going? Uh, and you know that's your cue to be like, ah, oh, not bad. You? Funny you should ask. Yeah.
And now you're dealt into some type and of And now crazy... your cab driver is on television. So hey, I know. <laughs> don't share weird? too much. I always think of those people, right? I'm like, I know a lot about you people. Yes. And you don't always pick them up twice, but my favorite picking them up twice, uh, and it's a great story, is uh, there's an older couple. Uh, they live on 10th Avenue, just below 23rd Street, okay? Creepy. And, you remember, uh, well, do you remember never, their exact address? I'll tell you exactly why I remember. They might have a stalker. I'll tell you exactly why I remember this. <laughs> okay. It's so funny. Is uh, I was driving them up to Columbia Presbyterian for whatever they were doing. Okay, I had picked them up on a Monday. And I thought on the way up 10th and then ultimately onto the West Side Highway. And then I dove back in at 79th because the streets are faster than the highway uptown. It's a long story. I'm giving you some insider taxi training. It's a really great analysis. But stick with me if you really care about getting somewhere. I'm your guy. Do you know, really quick, just to sidetrack, I won't lose my thought. (laughs) During UN week, you know how we get uh, get driven home from some of our TV hits? If, Mm -hmm. you know, they're nice enough, they'll send you a car and drive you home. My driver was so overwhelmed. By all the street closures on the east side. I was like, listen, no. dude, I'm not making fun of you. This is not an indictment of your driving, but I'm an ex-cab driver. I'm like, jump in the back, and I'll get you home, and I'll show you some shortcuts. And I did, and I still tipped the man when I got to my own house. How about that? <laughs> he let you? Oh, he loved it. He thought it was the greatest thing in the world. You also prefer ex-cab driver uh, to former cab driver. I go either way. I, I identify as both. <laughs> okay, But good. stick with me. Um, I was getting texts from the limo company saying, hey, you're not on the correct route. Are you okay? I was getting SOS texts. And were you texting them back yeah I was like, <laughs> i'm like no it's all good don't worry about it we hit a traffic detour because they expect the driver to follow some gps route but i was like your gps doesn't know what i do i was right. getting cut off and shot at for seven years you know, <laughs> i know how to get around so stick with me my favorite pickup and re-pickup story in a cab is i was driving an old couple up to columbia presbyterian um i thought they were grooving along to my music and we were bonding and we were friends okay i dropped them off on a laugh we had a nice time The very next day, at the very same time, because my garage was on 21st Street, I happened to pick them up near 23rd when I got back into my cab for the second half of the day. Which, by the way, the halftime when you drive a cab is about 30 seconds. (laughs) Your cab is double parked. You run into into your garage. You pee. Mm -hmm. You know, if you haven't already gone, if you haven't already gone in a bottle and thrown it at somebody (laughs) who cut you off, you pee and run right back to your cab. Okay, so that's the halftime show. So as I get back into my cab, I see these same people for a second consecutive day. Get them into the cab. We start making our way up 10th Avenue, and they start complimenting me. And they clearly don't know that I was the driver from the day before and i know this because the woman actually says well i've got to tell you this is a lot more pleasant than the man who drove us yesterday with the loud music and the zigzagging on the highways and the man (laughs) the husband says these exact words he goes the man is a menace (laughs) and should not be on the road and i didn't want to turn around and be like hey do i look familiar by any chance but it was five thousand percent them because i was taking them to the same spot i knew everything about them i knew everything they were going for they told me their same story about their marriage and why they were heading up there and they just didn't know it was me you're joking but they were annoying me the whole and I just loved it. I'm fine, you know. I don't it's, mind the beat down. Your ego is okay. Yeah, you'll never be as harsh <laughs> as the voices in my head. Like you know, I only get good at stuff because I just walk around berating myself all day. You know, and it helps me. It helps me like work hard and self edit. But I thought it was so funny. You should have put on the same music and see if they. Know well, it was. It. The, you know what the problem was? It was the radio. We it was. It was yeah. the radio's this fault. This is 2007. No, what I mean is this: we didn't have the on-demand ability of digital music. Oh, like, I was driving like, a cab pre-iPhone in the beginning. You like weren't DJ. Yeah, like, if the iPhone was out there, I didn't have one. You know what I'm right. saying? I got into the iPhone game a little late, probably around iPhone 2. Uh-huh. Uh, but this was just what whatever was on terrestrial radio. But the point is, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. What's <laughs> oh, actually, my phone is ringing. I think it might be them. That's <laughs> enough. Abby Hornacek. <laughs> it's Christmas in Yellowstone is what it's called, but we just... Uh, get her out. Get her out. <laughs>
out of here. They've had enough of you. We're back after this. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're in the bottom of the ninth here on the radio, heading out to the TV after this. I'll be on with Laura Ingram tonight on the Ingram Angle. Harris Faulkner playing host to your radio buddy this coming Thursday. Then I will be back on the Sean Hannity Show Thursday night. And then we are off to Fort Wayne, Indiana. If you want to hang out with your radio buddy, I'll be at the Summit City Comedy Club, and you can get tickets for that at Summit City Comedy com. It is a wild time uh, to be me, and uh, hopefully a wild time to be you as the holiday season is rapidly approaching. They're getting ready to have a big party at the White House for what they're calling the Defense of Marriage Act. Okay, and Karine Jean-Pierre just seconds ago, just seconds ago, while we were in the break, just took a question about the president's stance on support for gay marriage. And she said with a straight face, the president has always supported gay marriage. Now, why would I make such a claim about that? Well, here is Joe Biden, less than 15 years ago. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? <laughs> so uh, I guess we have some issues. <laughs> no, there's no issues because we just conveniently sweep that under the rug. There's a real war going on in this country on reality. Democrats are a completely unprincipled party. And believe me, believe me, there are plenty of Republicans that are just the same. But as the people, as the employers, as the voters who send these people to Washington to represent our interests, at some point we have to do that thing I keep yelling and screaming about every day, which is forcing some consistency out of our employees, which is forcing them to adhere to some type of a principle. I don't care what your positions are, but if you're simply changing them because the political wind blew in that direction, okay, you are not a person of conviction. You are not a person that will stand for our country at every turn, Because if it's not politically expedient, you're not going to do it. I mean, you think of where we are with a murder rate in this country that's at a 35-year high because we had politicians calling to defund the police because it was politically viable. Folks, there will never be dumber words spoken than defund the police. They're the dumbest words ever spoken in politics. And all of the people who spoke them and sent the murder rate soaring are now saying, like, I didn't say that. What are you talking about? I don't mean... No differently than Karine Jean-Pierre telling you Biden's always supported gay marriage. Of course he hasn't. He's supported whatever's been good for his political well-being. We have to start focusing on what's good for you and me. I'll start because the show is over. Go out tonight. Whatever you do, enjoy yourself. You're in the fun business. If you die tomorrow, you're just going to wish you had more fun. So be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.